Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? HHH, we're back for another episode. 53 now, we're officially into our second year of podcasting. Um, but what better way to talk about sports today than talk about Kansas City, who are going to be playing in the Super Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, it was a pretty exciting game. Uh, the AFC Championship game, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will also be meeting them in the Super Bowl after defeating the 49ers. We're going to get into both of those very shortly, but first we better hit the socials. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. You can find us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with us, if you'd like to get on the podcast yourself, make sure to get in touch with us. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com is the best way to reach us, or you could slide into any of our DMs. You sure can, and it would be the best thing to talk about that AFC Championship game. First, H, we saw the Chiefs and Bengals. It's the most fresh one in our mind. Um, it's just happened a few hours ago with the Chiefs taking that one out 23-20 to 20 over the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it was a really interesting one. Um, a lot of the talk had been about injuries prior to the game for Kansas City, but their two main stars held up. Kelsey was healthy throughout, Mahomes was healthy throughout, and they were able to get the job done. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people said I may have been a bit of a ploy, but realistically, Mahomes was a bit shot and they had questionable tags around Travis Kelsey. So it ended up being a game that was it was basically a defensive game early and it sort of expanded a little bit. But was it rough conditions? I, I didn't catch a great deal of the game, but was it windy or was it just it, terrible It was conditions? a bit windy. Um, it was very cold, bitterly cold. It was in, uh, I think, the teens... Um, Fahrenheit, so it was below zero. Um, Yeah, it was a really tough game for both teams. Uh, Very defensive a lot of the way. I think uh, it's just one of those unlucky games where the ball felt like it was always falling the Chiefs' way and the calls felt like they always were going the Chiefs' way. And um, in a game with two teams so close like this, uh, that proved to be the difference in the end. 100%, and we saw a case of really unnecessary roughness in that last quarter, which basically set mm. the Chiefs up to win that game. Um, Joseph Asai. headed play. Yeah, Joseph Asai makes that boneheaded play. Um, Getting cursed his, out by his own teammates for yeah, it. Yeah, injures himself in the process. I mean, what do you do? Um, the problem, bad decision. The problem was the um, personal foul itself. Gave them 15 yards. It took them to the 23, which put them in a chip shot. Well, not quite a chip shot, but fairly makeable field goal range. With the weather conditions the way they were, if they were back at the 38, I don't think they would have gone for it, given that, like you said before the podcast, they punted on the 37-yard line. So it wasn't necessarily a guaranteed um, field goal from that spot. It would have been very tough for them, but... Um, The unnecessary roughness gets him in range and uh, we've got a Kelsey off in the Super Bowl. We sure do and I suppose we'll we'll jump into that. But before I I do, I want to mention that Kelsey promo. Um, Travis Kelsey. There was two of them. There was two of them. There was two of them. There was one, um, Mahomes was getting interviewed and he's like, um, Burrowhead Stadium, my ass. Mm. Um, And then there was the other other one that you were referencing as well where he called out the Cincinnati mayor. Um, Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. (laughs) 
Yeah, taking that one shape from the rock's mouth. So. Oh my god. He's um he's set up what will be a really really cool Super Bowl, and just with the emergence of their podcast this year, it just feels like it's made sense. It does. I really like how it feels like football's slowly getting back the rivalries and the teams actually not liking each other. For a while there, we had so many jersey swaps, everyone showing respect. No, I want people cutting promos. I want Joe Burrow. Um, I better send those refunds. I want. Uh, no, you roll and shut your mouth, you jabroni. I want, I want this in my football. I want people treating it a bit more like wrestling, where it's they, you feel like they don't like each other. You feel like they are desperate to beat them because they just don't like them. It'll be absolutely much watch, uh, not television, but listening this week when they do that podcast. I mean, you can watch it on their YouTube channel, but um, I'll be tuning in for sure. Ultimately, it'll be um, the last time that uh, Jason Kelsey supports the Chiefs for the year, he said, um, which will be only fitting as we see that Eagles v Chiefs matchup. But before we talk about that, we'll probably save the preview to next week or perhaps we may figure it out somehow. But we'll talk about the Eagles v Niners matchup, H31, Eagles, 7 Niners. It was a much... uh it was a much different matchup. It wasn't the um, heavyweight contest we were sold on during the week, largely because of uh, the poor offensive line play by the San Francisco 49ers, leading to both the third and fourth string quarterback for the 49ers getting injured. Um, Brock Purdy injured his elbow on their sixth play from scrimmage, and Josh Johnson came in uh, and really showed what a good job Brock Purdy had been doing because he really was... Uh, very limited guiding that offense. He got injured, so you had an injured Brock Purdy have to step up, step back into the lineup, and try to carry the rest of the team through the game. And it just, it wasn't their day. There were some question, very questionable calls that we'll get into, but um, it wasn't the day for the uh, for the 49ers there. Yeah, it was disappointing. I, I mean, I really wanted to see that game for what it was, uh, a matchup between two high-powered offenses, and we really didn't see that with Purdy out. Um, oh, I mean, Johnson came in and did the best that he could, but ultimately you really needed someone that had been there for a little bit of time. And they even talked briefly about CMC coming out and just being the quarterback for the rest of the game and basically running Wildcat the whole time. But we didn't see that. We saw an injured Purdy take the field again and it was just all over for the Niners from there. So disappointing. I want to touch on last week we mentioned and we emphasized pretty strongly that the backbone of that Eagles offense is to get on top early. So whether that is the pass or the Mm. run and their whole offense works off that. So I mean that probably ties into our Chiefs chat that I think the Chiefs need to get on top early of the Eagles. Whoever gets on top is my pick. So maybe uh, jump on a live bet and take whoever's winning early. But nonetheless, what do you think of the game in itself? Particularly, there's a few questionable calls. I mean, ultimately, it probably didn't change the result. But a few early, particularly that Devonta Smith catch. There were a few questionable calls, but they were gutsy. There was a lot of gutsy decisions made. Like, to go for that on fourth and three, the Devonta Smith one. And... They complete that they they went for it. They went for the big play instead of punting the ball. Um, they caught it. Uh, it. It was ruled a catch. Sorry. They immediately rushed to the line. There was there must have been some quick 
call that um, Smith gave to say, hey, I'm not sure about this. Let's get this next play snapped. But they immediately rushed to the line. They got that sorted. There were lots of plays where they went for it on fourth down. They pushed the field. They pushed for uh, pushed the pressure up, especially before um, the halftime. That last touchdown to get them up 21-7 to at halftime. I feel like that made a huge difference in the momentum of the game. That was a big moment where they had uh, the Josh Johnson fumble. They capitalized. They put it in the end zone before halftime. That's where they really won that game is the big decisions. And credit to Nick Sirianni, who's come in and done a fantastic job this year with Jalen Hurts. Absolutely outstanding. For sure. And it was almost like you've got to be perfect to beat us. You've got to be, play your perfect game to beat us because we're on top now and you've really got to pull out a miracle to even have a chance. And I think that they weren't poised to do so. And like we said last week, they could run the ball really well. So that just churns clock. And especially because Brock Purdy was in, all they could do is run the ball, churn clock. Um, both teams were killing time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it led... It led to some tensions pretty high in the end with Trent Williams, and he, he did his best pain in the uh, 2001 Royal Rumble impression. He flipped, I can't remember who it was, but flipped a player over his shoulder. I think it was Kayvon Wallace. It was Kayvon Wallace. Yeah. He also got ejected in that game. So, um, look, that was just the cap and the uh, finish. That's so good. If you're going to get ejected, you may as well do it going down swinging like that. Like, <laughs> really throw a guy and make him make him hurt for it's it. It's the old adage, just get suspended in the uh, grand final or in the last game of the year because, you know what, you're not going to care next year. But he was just like, I'm just going to... Uh you know what, I'm I'm peeved off and I'm going to make them know about it. <laughs> the biggest thing that they were saying at the time on the broadcast was that the Eagles had to be very careful because they do have something to play for. They 100%. do have a, a game. It's not just a grand final where you can get sent off and still be holding your championship trophy. Um, they've got something to play for, so they need to keep their heads on them. And um, Yeah, luckily they survive without anything major. I don't think Wallace will be suspended for it. Um, so hopefully they'll be at full strength and we'll get a full strength Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Eagles v Chiefs game now. And you're probably thinking, why aren't we talking about the Eagles? Why are we doing uh, Kansas City as an episode? Uh, we have actually done Philadelphia before. We did have an icon chat. We, we named some really, really cool things about that city. So check it out if you haven't already. Honestly, the icon uh, could change very soon if the Eagles keep this up. Uh, we yeah. could, might have to revisit it. Yeah. Um, the Jalen Hurts statues outside of uh, <laughs> outside of the uh, stadium. If you're a uh, Chiefs fan, just don't put the any Chiefs merchandise or memorabilia on top of that Rocky don't statue. Don't you it's dare cursed. touch that Rocky statue. It's cursed at the moment. So, if I were an Eagles fan, I'd be putting a Chiefs <laughs> a Chiefs something on the Rocky statue. Hundred percent. Get it done. Hundred percent. All right. Well, let's jump into Kansas City H. And um, are you ready to hit it? Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear all about Kansas City. All right, so Kansas City is the largest city in Missouri by population and area. So it's got a population of 500,000 people and it's the 36th most populated city in the United States. And you consider that fairly small, but they do have three major sports teams in the Chiefs and the NFL, Royals and the MLB, and sporting Kansas City in the MLS or soccer. And the funny thing is Kansas City as a city is actually a city that crosses two different states. There's um, Kansas City, Missouri, and there's Kansas City, Kansas. Now, a lot of the teams we know uh, do play in Missouri. So um, that's why we've mentioned them being uh, largest city in Missouri, but they are a part of Kansas as well. That is very, very true, my friend. And um, I think 
particularly Kansas City as a sports team, it's it's renowned for their for their barbecue. They want that's why they've got one of the best tailgating. Um, as a fan base, I mean, they're they're probably diehard, and we'll talk about the noise that they do create at Arrowhead. But what's your sort of perception on their their fan base, Hedge? Um, the the Chiefs fan base, I think they're a very strong fan base. It's getting a little bandwagony at the moment, just with their racing success. You see that with um, teams like the Patriots, who their fan base has really fallen away. I feel like they're uh, put on their um, red and gold or red and yellow jerseys um, very recently. But um, so you you do see some fair weather fans there, but there are some very passionate Chiefs fans. Um, who've supported the team for a long time and have finally got a team where they can achieve sustained success, um, having been to five uh, consecutive conference title games and uh, having been to three out of the last four Super Bowls. It's just hard because you you expect that with every team. And I, I, I never discredit a fan base for its bandwagon fans because they're inevitable they're always going to happen like people are going to yeah. jump on philly again where was philly three years ago when they were two years ago when they were terrible um nowhere you didn't hear about philly fans philly fans weren't in the streets acting crazy like they do when they're winning and it's the question whether is it just that the fans are quieter or is it that they they are truly swapping between teams i think it's probably a combination of both like i i'm a dolphins fan and i'll be quiet when they're not winning because what is there to cheer about? What is there to um, post on social media about? But um, at the same time, there are people out there who just jump to the uh, to the teams that they like and the teams that are hot at the moment. So, um, yeah, definitely don't discredit the fan base, but something to note when it, see, it feels like there's so many Chiefs fans around. And I suppose it probably jumps into their fan base, which is... And it, it would be a, a crime for us not to mention Arrowhead Stadium or... As it's formerly known, G-E-H-A Field. No one's ever called as it. it. As it's formerly known and only... Uh, <laughs> only as of last na- year. <laughs> got that name taken off today, uh, Burrowhead Stadium. Yeah, yeah, as it was formerly known. Um, well, it's one of those stadiums, H, where it's it's a particularly large stadium compared to many other NFL stadiums. I think it's got a capacity of around 75,000, which oh, I think it's 76, which you'd say is fairly large like no, it's, it's probably fairly large, yeah. fairly large for the NFL and that probably um, contributes to their loud crowd noise that they have it's also the way that the stadium is built it's got some great architecture to it you see the curves at the top of the um, at the top of the stadium it's really built it looks impressive when you see the stadium it does and they've got some renovations in, in plan which I don't know whether you'll like or you won't but I'll chat about mm. it later I'll bring that to you later and you can give me a bit of an opinion right, sounds good with that noise, H, it's sort of a thing that's been around for many, many years, and it's first sort of came about notably in 1990 in a game against the Denver Broncos. So the Chiefs were actually threatened with a penalty if the crowd wouldn't quiet down. I feel like that's something. If that happened today, the the um, refs in the league would be absolutely <laughs> rinsed. Oh, for sure. Like that would be the biggest joke ever. And oh, the league's going soft. Oh, it's like screw the current league. Like no fun league. To say, to say that happened in 1990 is astonishing. Yeah. And to say John Elway didn't have any uh, pull, he basically was backed up in his own goal line and he was unable to run a play, spoke to the ref, and, and the ref basically said, any further crowd noise will result in a charge timeout against Kansas City. Thank you for your cooperation. As you said, how would that even fly today? It wouldn't, but um, really weird. And that was probably the first notable time that everyone really said these fans are very loud 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a great atmosphere there. And we saw that um, when they broke the Guinness World Record in 2013 in a game against the Oakland Raiders um, with a one, uh, 137.5 um, decibels reached. Uh, now, Seattle broke that record later that year in De- on December 2 against the New Orleans Saints. However, the Chiefs reclaimed it um, in 2014, the 29th of September, in a very famous or infamous now Monday Night Football game against the um, New England Patriots. That was the game where everyone proclaimed the Patriots dynasty was over and then they proceeded to rattle off three more Super Bowls. <laughs> and um, I would just say that today's game probably might have broke some records but we haven't heard anything yet it was very very loud uh at arrowhead now that record sorry i forgot to mention was 142.2 decibels that would be painful to the year and i also smashed the record by five decibels i wonder how much mayo they put on that like whether they get the actual recorder out of there like, well, like oh, the Vince you know. McMahon attendance records yeah <laughs> pretty much like ultimately it's it's like oh well, it's 142 decibels but we're playing like huge sirens and noises to increase that sound is well, it really crowd not noise I'm thinking know? crowd noise like the Atlanta Falcons got caught doing <laughs> one year <laughs> yeah that's true as I mentioned at the top um funnily enough Arrowhead they're going to be one of the hosts for the 2026 FIFA World Cup, which is scheduled to be uh, scheduled to take place in the United States, and it's going to have some small renovations. So, seating capacity—I can't believe it—but it's going to be reduced in the corners of the end zone. And the reason Ridiculous. why they wanted to comply with FIFA field regulations. Pick a different field. Yeah. Don't mess. Don't mess with Arrowhead. Like, what are we doing? I, I wouldn't consider Arrowhead like is in like a top five most iconic stadiums in the NFL. I mean, it'd be up there, but like. It doesn't matter because it's got that... Like, you think, oh, you know, they change a field that's more new or they up do some little changes here and there. Take it to all the new stadiums and make it a promotional tour for the US. That's all the World Cups are. It's to promote your own country. That's the reason why they bid on them. Put it at um, SoFi Stadium, put it at Allegiant Stadium and be done with it. Like, you've got enough stadiums around to use. You've got enough quality things. Don't be changing old stadiums just to fit... A World Cup, which is a once once every so often thing. Like, I mean, it's how long is this piece of string? Because they're like, oh, it'd only be a couple of thousand. But I don't know, like 76 versus, you know, 70,000. You'll never see that record be broken again. You're probably right. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not great. And I think that it would, put, it would put Kansas City on the map. And we know how much money it brings uh, to particular cities and countries but you know we're talking about the future of arrowhead here and i know that it'll it'll bring in some new seats and amenities and it'll be really really cool but this um this stadium just feels like it's got a bit of nostalgia about it that i don't really want to touch yeah i i don't like that don't like it at all but um i'm not the one making the decisions (laughs) that you aren't that you aren't all right well we'll jump into our icon of kansas city chat and there's quite a few finalists here h particularly with their major sports teams i don't think we've mentioned a, a mls um player here yeah there's no real standouts and when you've got the quality of players um from from the chiefs history we had to cut a lot of chiefs players as well um, to whittle it down to finalists. So I think, unfortunately, it's just... It's the more popular team. It's the more well-known team. And they've been around quite substantially longer. 
Um, so we'll get kicked off with uh, some of our finalists. So we're going to start with uh, Big Red himself, Andy Reid, who's come in and absolutely revitalized the Kansas City football landscape and turned them into the juggernaut they are. He did very, very well with Alex Smith. He did a great job getting them to consistent playoffs and being a consistently uh, quality outfit. Um, but it all changed once he got to Patrick Mahomes, didn't it? Yeah, it sure has, and um, get that man, give that man his flowers, or give that man his burgers. But either way, he's um, he's made a impact in Kansas City, and we establish. I mean, he'd be, would he be in the top ten coaches of all time? You'd say. Would he be top up ten, there? yeah, he's almost he he's almost be top five. He's almost top five, I'd say. Yeah, he, I mean, he's only got the one Super Bowl, which he he looks to change. Um, Probably not even once. He looks to change quite a few times at the uh, twilight of his career. But even without the Super Bowl, he's been a quality offensive mind for many years now. He's always put his teams in a position to win and for the longest time just didn't quite have the talent around him to get the job done. He also took the Eagles team to the Super Bowl um, a quite a substantial amount of years ago now. The Donna McNabb um, 2005 team to the Super Bowl. But... Um, quality coach and he's done great things for Kansas City he sure has and I'll, I'll never forget the fact that he was a a coach for a lot of years with the Green Bay Packers you know he was the assistant offensive line and tight ends coach then he became a quarterbacks coach and assistant head coach and then you think to yourself ooh you know when you see that for head coaches you look at their, re- their resume and you're like oh yeah okay I can see that path to how they've sort of got there but he wasn't he wasn't um he wasn't named as a head coach for the Packers and I would have loved to have seen him in the green and yellow, mate. That would have been really he, cool. He would have made it look very good with that moustache. Um, well, the next uh, finalist for Icon is Len Dawson. Now, Len Dawson was a quarterback um, for the Chiefs in the 60s. He signed with them in 1962, leaving the NFL um, to join the AFL at the time. No, we're not talking Australian Football League. Um, the AFL's Chiefs, um, who were then known as the Dallas Texans, and he spent 14 years at the Chiefs, um, including taking them to the very first um, AFL-NFL World Championship game, now known as the Super Bowl, and also winning Super Bowl Four. Yeah, what do they call him? They called him Lenny the Cool, which I think was a uh, fitting nickname. He, he sort of had that spitting... Um, 60s and 70s QB look with you know the slick back hair and he played really uh, good football also you know played for that Dallas Texas Texans um, or the the Kansas City Chiefs cool that he played for both uh, a lot of people Rockies retro jersey um, but a long time since he's played uh, football for that Chiefs team H yeah and um, it was very iconic the first Super Bowl there's a shot of him in the change rooms at halftime um, smoking a cigarette and drinking uh, I think it was a whiskey. Um, so it shows you how times have changed with how quarterbacks um, play the game that I don't think you'd see Patrick Mahomes these days um, smoking up a cigarette and uh, sinking a whiskey. But um, great quarterback for them. Uh, led them to one of their two Super Bowls and um, all-round legend. 100%. And the next one is weird because I sort of... His career was well and truly established in Kansas City and many people know him for his career in Kansas City much more of a recent influence with me playing for the Falcons sort of caught my um, years as an NFL fan 
But he did a lot of damage uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, he led the league in receptions in 2004. And who is that, H? It's, it's Tony Gonzalez. It's Tony Gonzalez, one of my favorite tight ends to watch. He's still probably up there in the greatest tight end of all time conversation. I think Gronk is probably, probably the top of that. I don't know. Like he's got Kelsey's the- almost put putting his uh, his stamp on it with his last couple of years. But I think Gronk is still the best. Just, but Tony Gonzalez was so consistent for a very long time. Well, he still owns the record for most yards in an NFL career by a tight end, you know, having that long career. I think Travis Kelsey would probably get him there is my expectation. Um, and then Gronk obviously holds a lot of those records for single season, scoring a lot of touchdowns when he played for the Patriots. So yeah, it's the question of whether you how much weight you give longevity because Gronk didn't have the longest career but he looked truly dominant when he was on the field and has just been an absolute um, matchup nightmare um, throughout his career so I think that Gonzalez he had a lot of longevity he was the best in the league for a very long time it's the weight you give to it but the fact that he's even in the conversation definitely deserves him a finalist spot um, for the Chiefs the next one here is another Chiefs alum, or a lot of time actually with the Dallas Texans, and that's head coach Hank Stram. Yeah, Hank Stram, he was a very good coach for the Chiefs. Um, he coached Len Dawson, the Len Dawson-led team, so he did take them to um, the first uh, Super Bowl and won Super Bowl IV uh, with the Chiefs. Um, very iconic personality. Um, and probably before some of these more recent ones, was the person you think of when you think of Kansas City football. Now, the next one here is George Brett. And when we actually looked up who was the most iconic athlete of Kansas City, a lot of people did actually say George Brett. And he was a former uh, professional baseball player for those Kansas City Royals for 21 season, seasons as a third baseman. And with that long tenured career, 13 All-Stars, a World Series champion, um, he won an AL MVP, an ALCS MVP, a Golden Glove Award, a few Silver Slugger Awards, and he's in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame, especially with a 98% vote in 1999 for the Baseball Hall of Fame. So he's probably one for those older fans, particularly those that watch sport between the uh, 80s and 90s, um, that really marveled at his ability on the baseball field. Yeah, uh, like with a lot of our icon picks, it's tough to pick someone we don't have that connection with. Um, So that's why we've gone somewhere different. Um, Now, our last nominee uh, or finalist, sorry, was, um, we've mentioned it before, it is Travis Kelsey. He um, won Super Bowl 54 with the team after being drafted in the third round of the 2013 draft. Now, he is an eight-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. He holds NFL record for most consecutive and most overall seasons with 1,000 yards receiving by a tight end. And he also owns the record for the most receiving tight yards by a tight end in a single season. Season, uh, despite only playing 15 games that season. Um, we keep expecting this guy to get worse every year. We expect some aggression, but he's aging like a fine wine, H. He's still that probably that number one option for Mahomes, and we just think that he'll remain that for a long, long time. He obviously got another uh, recognition being in that 2010s all-decade team, and as you've sort of alluded to there, it's, it's Gronk, 
it's it's him in the 2010s but i feel like he'll when 2020s uh are done and dusted i feel like he'll probably be the goat of that decade all all a bit kyle pitts hasn't really taken off like we thought he would straight away so i think that kelsey we probably two or three years left will, will take that mantle yeah i think so now our icon is someone that is suspicious in his absence in the finalists i'm sure you know his name already um our icon of kansas city is patrick mahomes do you want to tell us all about patrick mahomes yeah h where do i start um he's the son of former major league pitcher pat mahomes um had a pretty amazing career with texas tech and he the funny thing i take from Patrick Mahomes, before we get into his um, tenure as a, as a chief player and as their quarterback, he basically did not want to go to the Bears, and I love that, and he uh, tanked that interview and basically said to the Chiefs, pick me, <laughs> so they don't, and they picked Trubisky instead, so funny, funny little story, but in terms of Mahomes' career with the Chiefs, he's a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, he's won an MVP, and we probably expect he's going to win one this year. I'd say so, yeah, he could even win a Super Bowl MVP uh, in two weeks in Glendale. He's also won an Offensive Player of the Year, won some All-Pros, and uh, continues to add to his Pro Bowl resume, and the thing is, H, 27 years of age, so you probably say he's got six to ten years of a prime um, remaining, and he could get three, he'd get four not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight. Ooh, I don't know. He could, he could get um a lot cool. of a lot of uh, titles with the remaining of his career. I think he, he it's good that he got that first one, so at least he he'll never be known as a Marino. Um, it it's at this point for his legacy, all he can do now is just stack titles, stack titles, stack MVPs, and um continue to be as great as he currently is for a sustained period of time. Because even right now. He is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. He keeps doing this. He's going to have a significant argument with the upper echelons, with your uh, Montanas and Bradys for the greatest quarterback of all time. Whether he gets there, whether he can ring chase enough um, to catch up to Brady, I don't know. Um, A lot of things can happen. We saw that today with how close that game was. That game is a coin flip by the end. If... If that game goes a different way and the Bengals get to the Super Bowl, get to a second straight Super Bowl, it's another year with Mahomes not quite getting to the big game or not quite winning the big game. So it's hard to win that many Super Bowls as Tom Brady did. He he only did it because he stayed in the league as long as he did. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see whether Patrick Mahomes can get there. Well, if you already ask Tony Romo, he's going to say that he's the greatest of all time. As is H, she's already um, busting a load every single. Tony Romo loves game. Patrick Mahomes more than he loves the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> and that <laughs> is that is shocking. Oh, he loves Josh Allen. It's like, oh, I love these young guys that can throw the ball sixty yards and have a bit of mobility. They throw a sexy deep ball. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And look, I, I expect big things for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career. And I think if you're an AFC team, um, particularly the Bengals or the Bills, you're probably I mean, you imagine, like, for instance, Joe Burrows in the NFC. You're like, I can't, I can see this guy winning the NFC championship every year for the next 10 years because, yeah. like, there's yet to be a really, really, like, there's yet, Jalen you know, Hurts. you're talking, like, Jalen Hurts is there, um, certainly, and he'd, he would obviously compete. I think that he's, he's a bit of a different style quarterback, which is probably relying on having pieces around him. Um, 
and and having that team where he can sort of excel which he's had this year whether he can do that with no supporting cast when all the contracts become hefty and they have to pay all that players I'm not so sure I mean Mahomes has got like he's lost Tyreek Hill this year and everyone was like he's not going to be able to throw the ball yet he comes out and breaks the record for most was it most yards most total yards um, yeah, it was most most total yards, so combined rushing and passing. So, like, how ridiculous is that? Where he comes out and loses, um, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league to the Dolphins, and then breaks a record. Like that just yeah. shows his arm ability, ability to play football, and that's where you sort of um, compare. And you know, Joe Joe Burrow and, and Josh Allen are up there, but they're still going to compete with this guy every year. It's very tough indeed. Uh, so congratulations to Patrick Mahomes for taking out the icon of Kansas City. And if you disagree, make sure to let us know. We're going to be putting up a poll by the time you listen to this uh, on our socials asking who is the icon of Kansas City. So make sure to let us know at Road Trip Sports Pod on Instagram. All right, H, well, we'll jump into our mailbag now. And we've got a few questions. And the first one is related to the Pro Bowl. And this question comes from at Thunderdove. And they ask, are you looking forward to any Pro Bowl events this coming weekend? Now, we know the Pro Bowl um, the Pro Bowl has changed a lot this year. The format's changed. We'll see a seven-on-seven, seven, um, I believe it's three flag football games. Um, they've tried to create it with some cool things, with some particularly... You know, you've got Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson as coaches. Um, then you've got the Manning brothers who are so, sort of also coaches as well. In terms of actual events, I always look forward to like the skills competitions. They're just a cool little watch. Yeah. Something The different. receiver catching ones I always like. Um, are they doing dodgeball again this year? I'd say they would. That, that's always like the most watched. That's my favorite one. Watch one. Um, they're like, you know what? It's funny because like the kick tactoe um the kicking event always has so much potential but for some reason they just it it just doesn't broadcast as well as like you would think it does yeah um because obviously they they don't hit everyone punt tactoe punt tactoe yeah because getting that height and that angle would be much tougher than um uh, putting the ball in the spot uh, on the goals i would love to see them try it and coffin corner it into certain zones on the field can i just say that some of the events this year are are ridiculous we've got like the um dodgeballs there you've got longest drive like longest to drive a golf ball like what the hell precision passing i don't want to see football players play golf if i want to see longest <laughs> drive i'd watch golf yeah exactly it doesn't make any sense but um yeah we'll see a few cool events and then ultimately that game will be played just an extension of of same mate what's your thoughts on the revised event here i know i remember last year we chatted about it that may have even been a first second or third episode where we chatted about the pro bowl and what needs and to be done, what need yeah. to, needed to be changed i mean we'll i think see it's a good change works. i think it's a good change it's making it clear to everyone that it's not a competitive game it's not supposed to be and i think that therefore we can have a lot more fun with it it's just crazy that you know they're paid forty thousand dollars more to win, and that's like they're that rich that that's not a big enough incentive in years previous. Like yeah. forty thousand dollars more money than if they lost. I'm like a normal person's like yeah, I'd be playing my absolute ass off, but yeah. when it's it's almost changed for them. Like they're paying fines for that amount of money, and they're like, as Joey Bosa said, I'm rich and I've got enough to pay pay those <laughs> fines. So uh, I mean, that was hilarious today. 
I, I'm effing uh, rich and you're a broke ass bitch. <laughs> um, next question comes from Daz from CM who asks, given you guys are talking about uh, Kansas City, what is your ba- favorite barbecue item? Uh, it'd probably be a pulled pork, particularly oh, over here. Um, yeah. They do brisket really well. Brisket I love isn't as a good brisket, a yeah. Um, in Australia, if I'm going for like a... You can get like a well, a nicely well-made like potato salad or something like that to go with it. Um, you know, chuck your, your chips in and yeah. What are they, they do like toasted like big thick cut bread over there that you put on your on your plates as well. I just think they do it different. Yeah. And um, it's so funny when Americans are like oh yeah like we come to an aussie barbecue like our barbecues are a big thing over here like we know we talk about a barbecue but we don't really barbecue meats we just uh get around and drink beers and the (laughs) meats just uh the barbecue people go for the barbecue and um and stay for the beers where it's to the contrary in australia yeah um if i had to pick something from the barbecue i'm probably picking like a barbecue um baby back ribs like some um some nice pork ribs that's probably my choice there put your um on your bib on mate because it'll get messy i want my baby back baby back baby back (laughs) all right well next question comes from rob from warners bay and he asked if you could pick one guest to come on the podcast who would it be now this is a tough question because we could talk about players that are or athletes that are that are dead that are alive we could talk about other um celebrities here but considering we are a sports podcast we'll probably leave it to that and i'll give you dead and alive um, just because it does vary my answer a little bit. Dad, I'd love to hear from Kobe. Um, hear some stories. Uh, it'd be particularly hard to get everything out of him, you know, being that athlete that he that he was with that Mamba mentality, but trying to get some stories out of him, you know, just hearing about his career. Um, my alive would probably be Chris Judd. Um, particularly, he's he's probably, like, reminds me of a bit of a Mamba attitude for Australian Yeah. Um, Australian sports Absolutely, like when yeah. I hear about him and podcasts that he's done previous he's like you know I'm injecting myself with not injecting but I was dry <laughs> dry needling myself Sorry. <laughs> um dry needling myself I, I'd done it that often or I you know do this that just to make give myself an advantage and he didn't he what he said he led to a diet of like everything less than two percent fat so like you you think about that and mate, there's not many things but particularly his his career and uh he's moved from west coast to carlton uh which turned into a change of almost play he became that player that was fast and and did everything at speed to a player that was like a rolls royce that just ran out ran out there and was just clean yeah um but to hear his stories would be pretty cool what about you h dead uh and alive uh past way i would go uh probably don shuler um, would love to hear stories about the uh, undefeated team in 1972. Would love to hear about um, coaching Marino and what it was like. Um, getting to the Super Bowl with Marino and not winning one uh, would be an interesting topic, probably a sore topic. Um, but just all things Dolphins football would be awesome to hear from uh, from the legend himself. Um, alive, probably Tom Brady. I feel like... He's got a lot of stories, and I know we've we've had the man in the arena, so you know he can talk. You know he's got all those interesting tidbits, all those relationships with different athletes. I feel like he'd be an interesting uh, person to conversa- have a conversation with and have an interview with, especially if if he has played his last game. Yeah, I, I don't know. That might be a uh, 
a question that we'd find out. We'd uh, press out of him. I know other people have tried and, oh, and failed miserably. Got effed out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a man swear more in my life than he did to the, um, on his podcast. Because Tom Brady's got a podcast with, with uh, yeah. some guy. And, and yeah, the old mate asked him, oh, so... Uh, have you? What are you going to do next year? And he's like, if I effing knew, I'd effing your. You've already effing told you, <laughs> like. Um, but yeah, crazy. Our next question comes from Peter from Wyong, and he asks, "Will Novak Djokovic be the goat when he retires?" No, because no one wants him to be. Yeah, the goat is a socially constructed thing. It it. it you can't just have the most championships necessarily and be the GOAT. I mean, um, Bill Russell has got the most championships in NBA, but we know Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Like, it's not just stats. It's not just titles. It's the way you play the game and the respect you garner from your peers and from um, the sports world in general. I think Roger Federer is honestly probably the GOAT of tennis right now because he's got a great mix of both. Um, and I don't think Novak gets it. Yeah, we're talking a hero and a villain here. Like, he does nothing to make himself be loved by the public, and it just only is getting worse and worse. And he wasn't the favourite athlete even before all the, the COVID and the vaccination stuff he went through in the past uh, 18 to 24 months. And uh, look, I, I, as you said, I just don't think... I don't think we, we want him to be. Like, he'll have more majors than Rafa and more weeks at number one and he'll be head of Rafa and head-to-head. And if you're looking purely at the numbers, he's going to end up with the best body of work. But we're still... We always crush hard on Roger and, and Rafa. And I th- I think that... I just can't come to say that he's the GOAT. Like, it's one of those things he'd probably be statistically the best player and it may be that thing where some fans can't can't have LeBron as their goat because they just dislike him um time yeah. will tell though because I feel like I was thinking about the other that the other day with with basketball and I thought to myself well there, there had to be a time when Michael was playing where everyone hated him and I think it would have been the case like where it was the LeBron treatment with the tall poppy where everyone sort of wanted to see him fail because he was doing so well and breaking all these records and yeah and then time sort of changed where everyone respects him. I we're just don't know if we'll with, see the same. Honestly, we're seeing it now with Mahomes. Yeah. The way people are talking about Mahomes um, and almost trying to anoint other people above him. Um, I think that I think that, that would have happened, honestly, with Jordan. You'd have to ask someone who was around at the time. But um, it is it happening with Novak? Yes. Does he deserve it? Probably. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. And I, I was actually chatting to someone about it uh, quite recently. And I just said that he seems like that player that was manufactured into a tennis player, like played from a young age, was always one of the best. And, you know, some players fuel off that intensity. Um, some players fuel off that, you know, I'm the best in the world. Everyone has to tell me sort of mojo. Um, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's still a still a question up for debate. For sure, for sure. Well, we'll move on now to our lock of the week. Uh, last week, uh, you've taken another point ahead in the margin. Uh, the Bengals lost to the Chiefs, unfortunately, today, uh, meaning my lock has gone down. Uh, your um, Australia beat Spain in your lock um, in the Hockey World Cup quarterfinal. Um, score was four to three. Yeah, um, they sure did. And it was an interesting game because they nearly got beat in the end. Um, Spain scored some late 
some very, very late goals to see them get the victory. Um, I'm going for... Australia scored some Austra- late goals, uh, well, uh, so Australia scored some goals. Spain scored some late ones. Australia ended up securing the victory. I'm going something here, H. I'm picking uh, Dean Laurent to win the World Championship of Chess. <laughs> you are absolutely no no I'm, no. Jo- I'm joking we've, um, you better be we've settled on a, uh, a lock off this week you know given the Pro Bowls amongst us you're an AFC fan considering you support the Dolphins I'm an NFC fan considering I support the Packers so what better way to go AFC versus NFC lock off I'm taking NFC you're taking AFC yep uh, it sounds good to me I'm more than keen for that um, and I think the AFC would get the job done. What I think the AFC has won the most. Like I, I'm pretty pretty sure that's the case, but I could be wrong. From recent memory, it feels like the AFC always wins. But AFC have won. They won in 2021, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. So they've won. Had a lot of the recent ones. Um, well, that's good. Bodes well for me to get a comeback uh, in the lock competition, but. Uh, for now, that's it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all of your continued support. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of the socials if you haven't already at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, if you'd like to get on the podcast yourself and tell all of your own sports stories, make sure to get in touch. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into any of our DMs. M's. Uh, we've really been enjoying seeing all the interactions with the polls on Instagram. We recently got the result of the latest poll, uh, which was our uh, icon of icons draft. And the final score was 56% to 44% to Oliver um, and his team. Uh, you were team A, I believe. Yes, team A. Um, so Ollie got up in that one. Hopefully uh, I can win one at some point. Um, he's currently 3-0, and which is uh, annoying me greatly. And that little smirk um, doesn't do anything yeah, uh, for let's, it. Yeah, let's keep it going. I want to turn this into the Undertaker's streak. Let's uh, keep it going for as long as possible. If it gets to 21, we're ending the podcast. <laughs> that, uh, would be, that would be like maybe 30 weeks in a row and you'd be uh, probably crying, mate. I would be very upset indeed. Um, well, we hope your team wins unless they're playing the AFC and we will see you next time. See ya.